It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as human beings, thankfully, each one of us is different. As hobbyists, this is especially true and completely evident when you consider the wide variety of approaches that we take to creating and managing our aquariums. And fish geeks being fish geeks, um, we all have our little idiosyncrasies and quirks. I know that I have some that get to me, like a desire to occasionally make radical changes seemingly out of the blue. Now, sure, I'm the guy who gives a lot of you know, uh, room for his tanks uh, and plenty of time for, and space for them to breathe and develop. I'm pretty patient when it comes to letting my tanks evolve. That's something that I know for sure, and I have not deviated from that. However, I do admit, I do like to change up stuff once in a while. You ever wake up one morning and it just hits you, that urge to change up your aquarium? It's like, look, it's theme or whatever. Yeah, that's me. I don't think it's a just me thing either. It's part of being a fish geek. I We look at our existing aquarium and we say, hey, I really love it, but... So we reach for some towels, grab a bucket, and it's on. <laughs> I think it's part of the mental makeup, the fabric, if you will, of the fish geek. We're sort of almost programmed to want to switch stuff up after a while, right? It's like we want to create, modify, renew, or just try something different. For many hobbyists, their one aquarium is the only one they can have, at least for now, but possibly forever. Space, economics, time, etc., you know, all come into play, and there really isn't much you can do except work with the one you've got. I mean, it's a blessing to have even one, but to the serious fish geek, that desire to move on to a greener pasture, or should we say a bluer stream or whatever, uh, to just taste some new stuff, just seldom retreats. It just never goes away. I've been resigned uh, in the last year or so at home to have some small temporary tanks until I complete this major nightmare remodeling project that I've been on. And it's been a real test of my patience working with these, I call them makeshift systems, until I can once again set up my larger permanent tanks, for which I have tons of ideas. And I find that they don't seem to hold my interest as long as the larger tanks do. I don't know if you can relate to that. Maybe you can. I think. I think that it's often augmented my, by, you know, by my desire as the tannin, you know, mothership and the need to continuously showcase new ideas and botanicals. So it really, you know, piles on on me. Maybe that's an excuse. But hey, we all love to try new stuff, don't we? I know that I do. And it's funny because I think that even though I fancy myself as this restless conceptual guy who's constantly evolving his ideas, the reality is that my makeovers, as I say that in air quotes, are seldom that radical either. Rather, they're little iterations that represent incremental changes or improvements over previous designs. I tend to stay in my lane and not stray all that far from it. I almost envy those of you who can make radical, radical changes at the spur of the moment without regret or a whole lot of consideration. That's just not usually me. I often wonder why I play with such a tight set of characteristics. You know, certain wood arrangements, use of specific textures and colors in my botanicals or whatever. 
I don't know what that is, although I'm definitely prone to overanalyzing stuff at times. It's fun now and then to step out of my own mind and look at stuff as I as if I'm, you know, a third party of sorts. And maybe I have that sort of comfort zone that I tend not to push myself out too far from. I, maybe that's just me. I mean, I operate in a pretty radical sector of the hobby already, this whole botanical style world. It's not everyone's cup of tea being pretty different from the conventional clearwater aquariums that we all know so well. So I realized a long time ago that when I make changes to my tanks, they're almost always more like little iterations of the existing concept. Yeah, the next steps are often really subtle in nature. And I think that's sort of baked into the idea of botanical style aquariums. We set the stage for what nature does. Rather than trying to create a finished product, I think those who operate in our arena tend to set the stage, step back, and let nature do the rest of the work over time. We've talked about this a lot. Now, interestingly, you can still make seemingly dramatic changes to your aquariums and yet leave considerable parts of them intact and functional. This works really great with botanical-style aquariums. Nature does this all the time. Think about this. The idea of leaving, you know, like substrate and like leaf litter or botanical materials intact as you sort of remodel isn't exactly a crazy one. And conceptually, it sort of replicates what occurs in nature. Materials accumulate on top of other materials, facilitating new biological growth, continued foraging for the resident fishes, and more or less uninterrupted ecology. Yeah, think about this for just a second. As we almost constantly discuss, habitats like flooded forests, meadows, vernal pools, igarape, and swollen streams, which tend to encompass terrestrial habitats or go through phases where there are terrestrial habitats for a good part of the year, those are really interesting to me. In these wild habitats, the leaves, the branches, the soils, and the other botanical materials remain in place or are added to by dynamic seasonal processes. For the most part, the soil, the branches, and a fair amount of the more durable seed pods and stuff remain present during both the dry and the wet you know, phases. The biggest disruption in these habitats is often the transformation from terrestrial to aquatic itself. However, the hardscape, if you want to borrow an aquarium term, largely remains intact. Sure, a makeover of an aquarium can be seriously disruptive for both you and your fishes. It just can be. On the other hand, if you take the mindset that this is a transformation of sorts and, you know, act accordingly, it becomes more of an evolutionary process. This is something I've done for many years, like a lot of you have, and it not only makes your life a little bit easier, it can create pretty good outcomes for the fishes that you keep. That whole urban agapo idea that I've been touting for a good part of the last three years is a very deliberate execution of this iterative process, and it's taught me quite a bit about how these habitats function in nature and what kinds of benefits they bring to the aquarium. We've talked about the idea of flooding an aquarium setup designed to replicate an Amazonian forest before, you know, sort of attempting to simulate some of the processes which happen seasonally in nature. With the technology, the materials, and the information that's available to us as hobbyists today, the ability to create one of these year-round habitat simulations in the confines of an aquarium setup's never been more attainable. Suggest you play with it. Now, these are deliberate, more transformative executions by design. However, making changes to every existing aquarium doesn't need to be a super complicated, highly disruptive thing, right? Now, I'm not advocating 360-degree changes in your aquarium management approach every time something doesn't give you the desired results in, you know, three days or every time you're not feeling it. That's a recipe for chaos. What I'm thinking about here is developing that mental agility to get yourself easily out of a situation that's simply not working for you, for the benefit of your animals, your budget, your time, and your sanity. Shit, it's a hobby, so if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? So maybe it's not move fast and break things for you. Perhaps it's move at a nice rate of speed and change moderately quickly when things don't work out. Doesn't matter. 
So what are the benefits of adopting a sort of a move fast or move faster philosophy, or at least the gist of it for you as an aquarist? Well, first, you can test a lot of ideas and concepts on your one tank relatively quickly in real time rather than just reading about them on the forums and, you know, Instagram or whatever. If you have a general idea of where you want to go with your tank, but you're interested in a few approaches, this isn't really a bad way to go. You can work in multiple, you know, in multiple ideas to see if they work and throw out some of the ones that don't relatively quickly. Now, again, I'm not talking about major hardware shuffles, you know, like, yeah, that 350-gallon tank was too small, so three weeks later, I broke it down and ordered a 700-gallon tank. I mean, that's pure insanity. (laughs) What I'm talking about, I'm talking about tweaks, like deciding to feed your predatory fishes only at night or a few days a week, or perhaps dosing fertilizers only when the display is dark, or changing the flow patterns, feeding times, light combinations, pulsing additions of leaves, you know, tweaking, not full scale, drain the tank and start from scratch overhauls. That's not what we're talking about here. Now, second, you can certainly learn stuff at a more rapid clip, right? If you're giving yourself the opportunity to audition a practice, a philosophy, a procedure or whatever, you can find out something makes sense a whole lot more quickly than if you commit, you know, a thousand percent to a rigid philosophy philosophy of like, I'm not going to change anything. I'm doing it this way. Even if you don't get the whole picture of what's happening in your tank, attempting quick little experiments can give you an indication of the general direction or trend as sort of an answer to a little piece of the puzzle that you can incorporate to evolve more successfully in the long term. Finally, this philosophy can force you to look at things more, I don't know, honestly. In other words, if you decided to do something that maybe you thought you might might work, by committing yourself to a sort of nothing sacred attitude at the start of your project, you can evaluate things in a more direct manner and change things up as necessary to assure overall success of the tank and the health of its inhabitants. If you throw the fun part back into the equation and share your trials and tribulations with other hobbyists, it certainly makes it more enjoyable to stop being stubborn and try to make things work, right? Of course, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So what are the downsides to like a rapid iteration, move fast and break things kind of philosophy? Well, to begin with, you'll probably build some mental debt. In other words, as you rapidly make changes and move things along, you may tend to overlook other things. It's human nature, I guess, right? You may tend to look at every change or iteration as a big experiment and that you can fix stuff later, a kind of a dangerous trap to fall into, especially when you think of the potential impact on living organisms. It's one thing to make intelligent, measured changes, but to take shortcuts, non-sustainable workarounds, and band-aids harbors potential hidden dangers. Be alert to this. Your pursuit of perfection could result, ironically, in you never quite getting there, right? In addition, you might find yourself burnt out rather quickly. I mean, if you're chaotically trying every new idea, every new gadget that's out there and trying to find quick solutions, you not only might likely enjoy the hobby for very long you might not even stay in it it's a marathon not a sprint right i mean it's a hobby at the end of the day yet each day i read forum posts from dozens of hobbyists who flail around helplessly in multiple directions trying every little thing to change up their tank in a desperate attempt to solve a relatively simple problem algae issues for example which we talked about many times are notorious for soliciting this kind of behavior. The desire to get the problem solved has resulted in many disasters, like using all sorts of harsh chemicals and medications to eradicate algae, when the reality is it could have been eradicated or managed with husbandry tweaks to begin with. Some of these fixes resulted in a destroyed biome and dead fishes. Think before you forge ahead with potentially long-term detrimental fixes or big changes like that. So in summary, changing stuff up, 
even relatively rapidly, isn't a bad thing It's if it's done for the right reasons. Maybe it's aquatic ADD or something. I have this theory anyway. But I think it can actually be a good thing. I even think that I understand why some people change up their tanks so often. With me, I suppose I could rationalize occasional bouts of that fast change syndrome by telling myself that it's a matter of wanting to try a lot of concepts out, which gets me moving. The desire to move into different directions despite having limited resources of space, time, or money. Better to let the full range of your imagination inspire and guide you instead of limit you. That's why I treasure thinking outside the box so much. Not because it's cool to just do things differently because, rather, it's because it's really important to follow up on some of those thoughts and ideas that we have. Every single one of us has the potential to lead, uh, to find something that leads to some breakthrough or advancement in the hobby. So just use that relentless flow of ideas and your ability to execute and accept change. Use it to your advantage. Every single idea has potential. Don't downplay those ideas that pop into your head from time to time, even if it means changing some stuff up. They don't always have to be super well thought out either. Sometimes you can play a hunch, a feeling, or a whim and come up with something great. Can't you think of at least a few things that you've tried on a whim, only to realize later that they were incredible efforts that brought you a ton of joy and a lot of good results? I'll bet you can. Execute each one in its own time. Let them breathe. Develop them. Or squash them quickly. But do try them. Because it's far better to do something than just think about it, in my opinion. Consistency is important. However, change can be good. Like, really good. Something to think about. Stay dedicated. Stay focused. Stay reflective. Stay happy. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.